In the holy name of Jesus. If we are to make it through this season where bread is scarce, where temptations abound, and where we are to faithfully consider our sins that we might turn from them to serve the living God, then we're going to need to begin today where Jesus began, at the Jordan, in his holy baptism. Now, you might not realize at first that our gospel begins with a baptism, just like you might not have realized our service today began with a baptism. But that is the true beginning. When Jesus descends into the waters, when the dove rests upon him in the spirit, and the voice from heaven says, You are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. That's the very last word Jesus hears before he hears this. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And this is exactly the progression of all our temptations. Everything rests upon that turn. God has declared you to be his child in holy baptism. He has given you his own divine name, and ever after the temptation is exactly like this. It is always to wonder if that's actually true or if that's actually worth anything to you. Behind all of this is the voice of the devil, just as it was in our gospel. Whether God might actually be holding out on you, whether he might not have your good in mind, whether he might be holding back from you, when we are tempted to steal or to dishonor or kill or harm or gossip or slander or lust or idolize something or someone or anything, we are drawing, it begins with this question, questioning God's love, questioning God's promise to be your father. If you are the son of God, the devil will whisper, he will want you to be happy. If you are the son of God, he wouldn't want you to have to make do with less than you deserve. If you are the son of God, you surely wouldn't have to suffer as you are. If, 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 if. Every year we begin Lent and Jesus leads us through temptation. And he specifically leads us through these three temptations. And each temptation is answered in the same way, with Holy Scripture, with the Word of God. But specifically, they're all verses taken from Deuteronomy chapters 6 through 8. Now, that's a kind of special part of Deuteronomy because that's uh, what Israel called the Shema. It's kind of like the catechism of Israel. It is uh, not just the... It's scripture, of course, but it's specifically those most basic texts that a little child would have had to memorize and learn first. It's just like our catechism. Deuteronomy 6 through 8 begins with an exhortation to parents to teach their children precisely these few things. Man does not live by bread alone. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You shall not test the Lord your God. Now, at various times in Jesus' life, we know that he is primed to argue. He opposes the Pharisees. He turns their biblical arguments on their heads. But not here. Jesus is tired. He is afflicted, and he is at the end of his human strength. And in the thick of temptation, 
He simply rests upon the simplest Bible verses that he learned when he was a boy. Now, we too should have the Catechism by heart for exactly the same reason. The Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism, Lord's Supper, Confession and Absolution. These things are the very foundation of our faith, and it is with these simple, small things that we can resist the devil as Jesus did. We should read the Gospels endlessly, as Pastor Bars has urged us to do, even if it's for the thousandth time, because these are the things that base and found our lives as Christians in the best of times, but especially in, in the worst of times. Specifically, these texts of Scripture will defend you, as Jesus shows us, in three ways. Jesus is tempted in his daily needs. He is tempted by his position in the world. And he is tempted to worship God faithlessly. That's why the devil takes him to the temple. Now, he is tempted to make stones into bread, that is, to reach for something that God has not given. He, it, it's the same temptation, really, that Israel suffered in the wilderness. What does Israel do constantly for 40 years? They complain that there's no food. After seeing God make water out of rocks and rain bread from heaven, they endlessly complain that they're hungry and they despise this worthless food. So what they're thinking is, when things look like they're running out, then that probably means that God has forgotten us. Right? They connect worldly provision with the remembrance of God. And in their fear, of course, they whine constantly and they wish even that they would go back to Egypt. So when things seem to be running out for you, how is it that you react when money is tight, when we're not sure if we'll have enough? We are tempted as well to use our own ideas, to use our own wisdom, or to use our own power to solve our own problems. And that leads us to the next temptation, because the next temptation is worldly power, to give Jesus worldly authority. Now, in Jesus' case, that authority will be given to him, actually. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he will say in the end. But it is given to him after his crucifixion and not before. True authority comes through faithful, loving suffering, not by bowing to the powers that be. Now finally, Jesus is brought to the temple, to the place of worship where he is tempted to test the Lord his God. He is tempted to try to impress God with his faith by chucking himself from the temple and forcing God's hand. But Jesus knows that faith doesn't work that way. Faith doesn't work by force. Faith does not set its own terms, and faith does not initiate. Faith receives. Faith knows that true worship does not begin with you, sort of performing an outlandish uh, form of worship. Faith is waiting upon the Lord and receiving from the Lord and then responding to the Lord. In fact, that is the shape of every divine service that we've ever had here. Sundays begin this way. We begin in the name by which we were baptized, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We begin by being called, again, sons and daughters of God. And then 
Just like Jesus, we enter the wilderness. We fall on our knees and we confront the devil in each one of us. We deal with our temptations and our sins. We confess them and we are absolved and we rise to hear God's word and to receive God's bread, the bread that he gives. Now this is worshiping the Lord your God and serving him only. This is faith and this is what makes the devil run away. Now, the gospel today is a warning to us. And it is also an example that we might follow the way of Jesus. Jesus stood against the tempter, strong in the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that you have by virtue of your holy baptism, so you can stand too. But there is something very simple in this text that is easy to forget. All of Jesus' biblical rebukes, his warnings and instructions today, in the first place, aren't even for you. Frankly, he's not talking to you. He's talking to the devil. They are addressed, these warnings, to the devil himself. It is, first of all, the devil whom Jesus is speaking to when he gives these words of warning. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test, O devil. It is as if Jesus, who is Lord and God, had said, if you knew what was good for you, O devil, you would leave me alone. And the devil departs, but only until an opportune time. Only until Jesus kneels in all of his humanity in the Garden of Gethsemane, then the devil moves once more to test the Lord his God. He can't help himself. And so, by betrayal, mockery, and shame, through injustice, persecution and pain, through stripping and beating and crucifixion, and through death, the devil tests the Lord his God. But he had been warned. Fundamentally, today's gospel is not advice. It is not an example. At bottom, it is simply Jesus being tested and taking it and not giving in. And as it is today, so it is for the entire season that we have before us and for the entire life of Jesus, who is the Son of God. He is tempted to fight back, to respond in kind, tempted to curse, tempted to save himself. At every step, the devil tests him who is the Lord his God. But he had been warned, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Because if you do, O devil, if you betray and mock and shame and strip and beat and crucify me, not only will I not give in, not only will I endure everything, I will forgive my tormentors. I will bless instead of curse. I will feed instead of being fed. And I will give my life, I will spill my divine blood as a ransom for many. And I will have authority over this world by dying for this world. Jesus is the Son of God, no ifs about it. And you, you are all children of God because you have been baptized into his holy name. And not only will Jesus have all authority in heaven and on earth, he will share it with you. Not only will Jesus eat bread, 
he will share an entire feast with you. He has suffered and sacrificed himself in order to make it so. For you are his sons. You are his daughters. And with you, he is well pleased. In the holy name of Jesus, 